The fact is goals should be set all the time. And when we set goals, we should be less concerned about reaching the goal and more concerned about our progress. It's not so much about crushing the goal every year. We've had our years now where we didn't crush goal. We set a big goal, didn't reach it, but we were always grateful that we had a big goal because it pushed us to get as far as we possibly could with the resources and circumstances that we were dealt. That little clip came from my interview with Stu Draper, who is the CEO of Stu Kent, which is a company I did an internship for when I was still in college. And just learned so much from him from his posts on LinkedIn and now getting to talk to him on the podcast and I've talked to him in person. Just super awesome guy, humble, just uplifting, wise, all that stuff across the board. And I think he just it does such a good job of including people too. You know, I just felt that immediately at Stu Kent. It was just such a beautiful thing. I'll never forget this time where we went on this like boat trip. And just how included he made me feel. It was just a special time. Super thankful to have him on the podcast. Really beautiful. We talked about a little bit about the beginning of Stu Kent, some of the vision behind it, and just trusting that and having priorities to help you stay focused. Just so much about vision in this quick little episode, but super thankful for it. Here's Stu. Welcome back to Yield Today with Dallin Canland. I'm here with Stu Draper. He's the CEO of Stu Kent, a company that I did an internship with. And I've just learned a ton of from him, just his leadership and his example. And excited to talk with him about Stu Kent and his life and what's going on. So thanks for coming on, Stu. Dallin, it's so good to be with you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So let's kind of jump into... What helps you on a, a day-to-day basis at this point, like to stay sharp? Like I know there's ProfCon coming up in June and there's all these simulations. How do we keep this pace of, of stew going and growing? The pace of stew going and growing. How do I stay up? Good question. I think for me, what matters most is that I'm doing what I feel like I'm meant to do here on this earth. You know, I think everyone feels like they have a life calling or mission, things that they're supposed to do. And I wake up every day going, here I go doing what I'm supposed to do again. And that, that keeps me going, feeling like it's the right things for me personally. Uh, And as far as how I, how I stay up with that, you know, like I try to start my day with uh, staying grounded with what matters most to me. I put God first in my life. So I take some time for meditation, prayer, scripture study, those kinds of things in the morning before I do everything else. And sometimes I don't have very much time for that, but I make some time for it. And then, um, I also, while I'm, I take time for my health and I'll go on a run or lift weights. And, and while I'm doing that, I don't listen to rock that might pump me up. I'll listen to uh, an uh, an audiobook. Right now I'm listening to the book Playing to Win, and that helps me a lot too. That's good, yeah. It makes me think, uh, so with your morning routine, how has that like kind of changed over time? And does it start like at the same time, like super consistently? Or is it like I just need to get on my run by like eight o'clock and does it matter a ton when I wake up or? What I try to do is get six, about six hours. If I can get a a little more than six hours, I'll take it. But 
Usually, uh, I love how when you set your alarm on your smartphone, it tells you that's six hours and 30 minutes from right now, right? And so I don't worry so much about if I went to bed at 1030 or 11 or 1130, I try to set my alarm to give me at least the six hours. If I can get six and a half, great. But I, and then I am obviously conscious of like when I got to be at work, when I got to have my, when I have my first meeting so I can give by myself enough time in there. So that, that's how I go about it. That's what's worked for me. That's yeah, that's interesting. It, it's cool to me. Cause there's like, uh, there's some things that we're not able to like do for another person. Like we can outsource programming. We can outsource writing. We can outsource all these things, but then there's other things we can't outsource. Like exercise is one of them. Sleep is another one. Eating is another one. So yeah, that's interesting to me. I'm not sure if you can hear my, my parents, crazy dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Just a slight, slight sound of panting. <laughs> Nothing bad. You're fine. Yeah. So I, I wanted to go to, uh, this quote that I found from you on LinkedIn, because I'll just say it like you've some bar none, like fantastic content on LinkedIn. I've been following you since before we, you know, I even started working at Stukan, just been inspired. You're definitely somebody I look forward to your stuff in my feed. There's something you were talking about this job you had where you were, uh, I think it was, you were a used car salesman. You still had like your, your tag, and uh, I sort of think of my time at Deseret Industries as like my my thing of that was it just taught me a lot about myself and it wasn't like a glamorous job. But I wanted to go to this quote. And it has to do with uh, you with your wife and how she supported you. It says, one of my greatest motivators has always been trying to prove to her that she didn't make a big mistake choosing me and sticking with me. I'm still working to show her. So... Oh, and then it says like love's a great motivator. So like, I guess elaborate a little bit on that. Like how's love like pushed you and helped you just in your life? Yeah, sometimes for ourselves, we don't expect very much. We're we're okay with a lot of, uh, eh, it is what it is. I'm not too... I, I'm I'm okay where I am kind of a feeling that can come over us when it's just for us. When there's a bigger cause, we're more motivated. And uh when it's when when other people rely on you, it, it motivates you. For me personally, like having my you know, let it having Lindsay commit to marrying me was a commitment for me to be there for her. And having our first child was like a new level of drive and motivation to go and, um, and be the best I could be for them and to, and to provide well for my kids. Right. So, uh, love, love for me is a great motivator. It's, um, it's something that I think we should all be seeking in our lives and, uh, the best way to seek it and have it in your life is to give it love. Love can be very much a reciprocating thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this podcast started with this acronym I came up with for the word yield and it's yes, I envision love demonstrated. So it's like, we want to, we want to envision love in our lives because I believe God always sees our lives with love and sees loving things happening and he wants loving things to happen. You know, he sees the potential, he sees what's possible. So I love that answer, Stu. I, Envision love demonstrated. That's cool. Oh, thank you. Yes. Well, I, I think you can't show love with, I mean, 
it's hard to for people to feel love from you if you don't demonstrate it. Right? It's in your actions. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's tough. And we all receive love differently too. You know, I learned this on my mission trip. There's this, you know, really good missionary that I would shower with like compliments and stuff. He's like, I know you mean those things, but honestly, none of that like hits me. It's sort of like they like hit, but they don't like actually stick anywhere. And so for him, like quality time was something when I listened to him, like talk about his, like these elaborate, like dungeons that he like created in his mind. And he'd talk with me about them and he'd have me like go through them that made him feel more loved than anything. And so I think that's a big part of it is that we're able to recognize how that person feels that love and be able to give that that's a real part of love. So let's go into with starting StuCan a little bit. So it started in like 2013, but there's a lot of things that kind of led up to it. There's Get Found First. There's Kent Lundin. Just kind of bring us back to, you know, what what ultimately led to StuCan. Yeah, I, I would say what really ultimately led to StuCan was uh, in high school working for my brother-in-law that was a plumber known as own business. Because I had, that's what first gave me a drive to become my own man, my own boss, an entrepreneur someday. And then BYUI, I took entrepreneurship classes, loved them, loved learning from other entrepreneurs that came in as guest speakers. That helped. Um, My first job out of college was for a founder that had a funded startup. I got laid off from that job, but getting to watch him build and grow that helped me get to where I am today with Stu Kent. Uh, getting laid off, I was also at night, I was moonlighting for my brother-in-law doing his Google ads. He had three record-breaking months of new patients. And so when I got laid off, rather than look for another job, I could just go look for other dentists that would let me do their Google ads. And I got into entrepreneurship so young. I was like six months out of college. Then in finding ways as a bootstrapped entrepreneur to pay the bills and make everything work, I couldn't afford a lot of uh, experienced talent. So I was training talent fresh out of BYUI. Well, that led to Kent Lundin at BYUI asking me to come and teach digital marketing uh, because he's like, hey, you're hiring my students. I come to you with questions about digital marketing. You come guest lecture for my class. Can you just teach my class for a semester while I go to BYU Hawaii? And so I, when I was teaching at BYU Hawaii, I had the aha moment. That's like the true beginning sparks of what became StuKent. The genesis of StuKent is that I was disappointed by the curriculum that I had to work with. And I knew I there had to be a better way. And if there wasn't one yet, I could create it. Because I had already started one business, I knew what it took to run a business. And uh, yeah, so that's the beginning. That's how it all started. I had another aha moment right about that time. I, I brought my idea up to my mentor, Corey Smith. And I said, Corey, I've got an idea. I want to write a textbook for digital marketing. If I can find 100 students at a hundred schools that'll pay me a hundred dollars, a hundred times, a hundred times, a hundred. That's a million dollar opportunity, Corey. And he's like, that's a cool idea. You're rich on paper already, Stu, but think about it some more, do some market research. And then we talked to a hundred business schools, 40% of them still weren't teaching digital marketing. The 60% that were, were very uh, dissatisfied by the way they were teaching it. And, um, that's when we really knew we were onto something and I knew that it would take some funding to make it all happen. 
That's cool. Yeah. And I went through the social media marketing sim for my class at BYUI and it just does get you to sort of take that extra that extra leap over like the textbooks and over the other stuff. It's like, okay, now I'm actually playing around with some of this stuff. Now I'm scheduling posts. Now I'm doing this other stuff. And it does get you to think differently, which, you know, that is something that college helped me a lot with was being able to, you know, think a little bit differently. You know, I think professional sales was another big class for me was it was like, you know, is your conversation interest-based or is it positional? Because if it's positional, we're probably not going to be able to go anywhere. But if it's interest-based, now we can make the pie bigger. We can have more people in it. It can just be a whole lot better. So I'm thankful for the, the Sims that you guys are making. And they're getting better too. Yeah, we we actually renamed our Sims Simternships. And with the concept being that Uh, A student can only get one or two internships throughout their entire college career, but they take classes where they gain skills and knowledge that they could apply in a lot of other internships for a lot of other businesses. Since Since the time does not allow that, the money does not allow for that, we provide a simulated internship where they can go and put the knowledge they're gaining to work right away. It's one thing to uh, teach a student how to ride a bike by telling them how to ride a bike and another to give them a bike and say, okay, now you got to get on and pedal and try. And it's amazing. You know, you know the saying it's like riding a bike. They say that because once you've done it, you don't forget your muscle memory is there, right? Well, in business school, if you only learn it via text or lecture, it's not going to stick for seven to 10 years down the road when the material matters for your job. Because you don't, another problem we have is we often don't teach the entry-level skills we need to be teaching, right? So uh, this gives students the entry-level skills they need to be able to apply on day one. If it gives them skills for later down the road, they're going to be able to apply those. And so that's what we're doing with Simternships. That's beautiful. Yeah. And it is working really well. You, I think you guys are almost serving a million students worldwide. And that is a, quite an accomplishment. I just, that's pretty amazing to see that and to see like the stories. And one thing that inspires me, you know, I got to go to, you know, the Idaho Falls location a couple of times and seeing on that wall, you have like, this was our goal for this year. And then you see like, like exactly how close you got. And like, I think you guys crushed like all the goals you set, you know, but like, like break down a tiny bit for us, like goal setting. And if somebody wants to like improve their vision for, themselves like with their life i guess one of the greatest things that we do in america is we teach kids you can be anything you want to be right Uh, and then one of the saddest things we do in america is we put so much emphasis on an annual goal a new year's resolution and it's all about either you did it or you failed and you're one of those people that just can't reach goals. The fact is goals should be set all the time. And when we set goals, we should be less concerned about reaching the goal and more concerned about our progress. It's not so much about crushing the goal every year. We've had our years now where we didn't crush goal. We set a big goal, didn't reach it, but we were always grateful that we had a big goal 
because it pushed us to get as far as we possibly could with the resources and circumstances that we were dealt, right? Darn it. We didn't hit 10 million this year, but we wouldn't have hit eight if it weren't for the fact that we were pushing for 10. We probably would have landed at seven. So is it bad that we missed 10? No, it's great that we hit eight and didn't settle for only seven had we not had a goal at all. Yeah. Yeah, that that's how I look at it. And I've kind of bounced around different ways of looking at it. And there was like one semester where I kind of just sort of didn't let myself, I don't even know, I just sort of let myself get in that funk a little bit. And, and it really does help to remind yourself of like things that you have accomplished, but at the same time, also remember that there's new people that could be put into your life. There's new money we could put into our life. Like there's, there's a lot of money in the world, you know, and all those things can completely change our, our perspective. But I think having that vision and, and committing, yeah, I think you, you said it super well, Stu. How about, uh, what would, what advice would you give for anybody that's sort of in my position? Like maybe, I think we talked a little bit about this before, but maybe is finishing up college. I guess I'm not in that boat anymore, but anybody that's like kind of taking those first steps into the real world, so to speak. And then how can people get in touch with you and learn more from your stuff and Stu Kemp? If, if I had one last piece of advice for someone recently graduating, uh, it would be to study the book smart cuts because of the lessons you can learn about how to uh, more quickly get more out of your life and your career than you would otherwise. This The book does not teach shortcuts and ways to fake it till you make it. It teaches you the, it, it gives you example of after example of successful people and the things they did young in their career that allowed them to have more success younger. Um, I think that there's a lot of great lessons from Shane Snow's book, Smart Cuts. So if I were to, uh, and I, I, this is not a sponsored ad here. That's a great recommendation I'd have and something I'd share with anyone. And then uh, if I give one more down, I'd say, uh, go to lunch. Ask as many successful people that are in the kind of seats you want to be in five to 10 years from now, if they're willing to go to lunch with you and let them tell their story and just ask them a lot of questions. You can learn so much from them. And along the way, they'll say, Hey, I bet I could help you with X, Y, or Z thing that you're, that you're working on. And and they'll be anxious to, as far as getting in touch with me, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Stuart Draper on LinkedIn, S T U A R T. I would love to connect with you there. And if you want to check out our website as a business, uh, stewkent.com. That's good stuff. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, just having some tiny little thing you can commit to. Like if you say like, hey, I want to go out to lunch and meet one new person every week or something. And then it's like, if you're feeling like a bum one day, it's like, okay, I can I can feel like a bum today. It's like, but I'm going to ask, I'm going to at least do this once a week and then you can get better. You know, I started running again back in September and now I'm finally like in a flow where it's like, okay, well, it feels weird if I don't run. So now I'm running almost every day now besides Sunday, but it's cool. It just kind of ramps up and changes. And I just, yeah, just say it. Hey, anybody who wants to learn more about this stuff, learn from Stu because you get you get some good gold from him on his LinkedIn. So, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on, Stu. And I will check Smart Cuts out if we do this again. I will have read it before we talk again. So, thank you so much. Yeah, read or listen to it; it's a great one. Thanks so much for having me, Dallin. You're a good man. I appreciate it. Back at you, Stu. Thank you so much.
That was my interview with Stu Draper. Super fun. He just has so much vision and so much goodness. And I just am inspired when I talk to him or when I read his posts. So it was super dope to have him on a podcast episode that you could literally just re-listen to as much as you want or whatever. There was tons of gold in here. I look forward to having him on again in the future. Just check out more from Stu. Stu can has some super really good stuff too. I think you can learn a lot from studying their business strategy. They do this thing called ProfCon that has been bringing together professors all over to bring together like the best ideas and marketing and all that other stuff. And they're killing it. You know, it was such a blessing to be an intern with them for a season. And I'm so thankful for them and the things I learned there. And yeah, yeah, definitely a lot to learn from Stu. And I'm definitely going to check out Smart Cuts. Have not done that yet, but I will 100% do that before I have Stu on again. With that said, thank you so much for listening. Things are things are good. Things are good. You know, podcast is growing. You know, a couple weeks from now, the podcast will be four years old. So I'm definitely making some pivots, really trying to take things up a notch and just to trust, man. There's We've been getting more five-star reviews on Apple podcasts and it sounds so silly, but like that helps the podcast get found by people, man. Like literally get found by people who otherwise would not have found it. So I really appreciate those people who are doing it. I think we're at 24 uh, five-star ratings on Apple podcasts, which is super nice, super nice, super cool. Yeah. So it was uh, super fun having Stu on, super fun just getting to talk with him a little bit. And yeah, I just look forward to the best. The best is yet to come. And I'm definitely learning so much from this journey still. Super thankful for those who are coming on the show. Just learning so much from it. Definitely check out all the links in the show notes. And thank you so much for listening. Be back with another episode on Monday. Don't forget to yield to the good and it'll be a better tomorrow.